Uh, the schools, Northfield Public Schools, is the superintendent, uh, Dr. Matt Hillman. Uh, good morning, Matt. Good morning, Jeff. How are you today? Um, not warm. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I understand. I, I understand someone left a window open yeah, and it got a little chilly last night. Still hasn't warmed up. We, we're up to about 62 now. So, Well, I won't, I won't uh, sugarcoat it. I, <laughs> I like this temperature better than the normal temperature for sure. You've got a coat on, though, a sport coat. So, Well, you could, too. Yeah, I don't have really You've one You've got a here. sweatshirt on, Jeff. Uh, I'm, I'm going to get out the old KY men's shawl. And, uh, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> become that guy. Uh, you had a, a school board meeting last night, so let's talk about that. Let's talk about some, start off with some good stuff. I want to start off with uh, the Raider hockey team. Yeah. Gave a, uh, had a real nice run. The boys' hockey team made it to state, uh, gave us a thrilling game at the uh, state championships, but unfortunately came up a little bit short. But what a great run, and that's always fun for the whole school. No kidding. Uh, congratulations. What a great season for the Raider boys hockey team. Uh, the Minnesota State High School League is uh, the Minnesota State High School League uh, hockey tournament is, of course, one of the uh, most storied uh, youth athletic spectacles in the country. It's you know, it's people talk about it across the nation uh, with such reverence because it is it's such an amazing event. Uh, you see that if, if you looked, uh, there was a posting last week that showed that the attendance for the Minnesota High School League hockey tournament for the specific session, so they have a you know morning session and an afternoon session, uh, there was more attendance at those two sessions than the vast majority of the National Hockey League that night. And so oh, wow. if you look at the list, uh, there's o- only Montreal. Uh, you know, I think it was Montreal that outperformed the AA evening session. So obviously the State High School League hockey tournament is storied and just revered across the country. And the Raider uh, boys hockey team made us proud. What a great game against Orono. So well played, uh, evenly matched. And, you know, just uh, just the, the way that it ends in 30 seconds left in overtime, heartbreaking loss. But at the same time, uh, our team can be so proud of what they did this year. And I was so proud uh, to be at the XL Energy Center to see how many Northfielders showed up to support our community. So uh, the, the XL Energy Center on our side of the ice was rocking. And you could just tell and you could feel that energy and the pride that our community had in uh, being at that tournament. And so thanks to all the Northfielders for showing up and uh, supporting those students. And congratulations uh, to the Raider hockey team on a wonderful season. Another cool thing that has been going on recently is uh, the, the student's student body has something called Youth Bank. Yes. Tell us about that. Yeah. So Youth Bank is, you know, we often talk about our district vision of preparing every student for lifelong success. And one of the things that we're very lucky in this community to have is a number of different opportunities, both in the classroom and as much uh, opportunity outside of the classroom for students to learn some of those skills. And Youth Bank is right up there with those skills that they learn outside of the classroom that really help prepare them for life. Uh, so according to the, the HCI website, HCI manages Youth Bank. Um, youth Bank is an innovative youth philanthropy, uh, philanthropic organ- program in which uh, a team of trained youth grant makers award funds to youth-led projects that will improve the quality of life in Northfield. What a great purpose statement, right? So um, these these young students, these young philanthropists, if you will, they have about $20,000 in donated funds, and there's some great partners like Carleton College and the City of Northfield, the Community Resource Bank, uh, HCI, of course, the school district, 
uh, Northfield shares Wings and Youth Prize. Each of those organizations provide a little bit of different support, so we provide more technical support. Um, you know, groups like Wings provide the actual financial support. And then these student leaders have an opportunity to they actually release the grant application. Uh, students from within the school district are able to apply for these funds. The Youth Bank Board reviews each of the applications, determines is it something that they will fund, how much will they fund, and then they have a culminating uh, experience where they award the grants. Uh, and then, of course, there's the learning of what are all the different technical financial steps that you go through when you're managing that kind of uh, fund. And so it's just a great opportunity for students to learn about a little bit about a safe pressure, right? Because there's always more applications than there's money to be able to be distributed. So they learn that about prioritization of resources and thinking about what projects that we fund would give us the the best improvement of the quality of life in Northfield. And they funded eight projects. I had a chance to attend their awards banquet a couple Sundays ago. And um, so the, the mayor's youth council got some uh, grant funding. The district youth council got some funding. Uh, the Black Student Union got some funding for a field trip to the Rondo neighborhood in St. Paul. Uh, there's a new Latinx Affairs group that was received some funding. Uh, the Mighty Hucks Ultimate Frisbee team got some dollars to be able to, re- to look at reducing some of their fees to be able to pay for some dome time out at the Dundas Dome so they can practice uh, before their season starts. Uh, that's a community-based uh, program. Uh, a really innovative program called More Water where High school students are raffling off water bottles and they are doing some wellness public relations in terms of making sure students understand how important water is and being hydrated is to their health. So it, uh, students supporting Students Torch, great program, Jeff, super fun, and uh, just congratulations to those students. You've had, uh, we've talked about this before, a, a change in your uh, special service, the director of special services, um, and I understand you've, you've hired a new person, is that correct? We did, and we uh-huh. uh, the the new person is going to be a familiar name to many people uh, in the community. So Cheryl Hall, our uh, longtime employee of the school district, and uh, our current director of special services, after a storied career, she of course she was the Minnesota Administrators of Special Education Administrator of the Year last year, and uh, she is retiring on June 30th. Well deserved for Cheryl to retire, and we'll celebrate her career as we get closer to the end of the school year. But, you know, we do need to move on, and so we did post the position uh, and internally. And Sarah Pratt, who has been our assistant director for special education special services for the last six years, is uh, going to be our new director of special services. We're very excited about this. Uh, Sarah has a variety of experiences. She was a longtime speech-language pathologist, and she was actually a speech-language pathologist for six years in Northfield before she became an administrator. Uh, She was a supervisor of special education services in the South Washington County School District. She was an assistant director for special education for a period of time in Farmington. Uh, And then she went to Intermediate District 917, uh, which is a uh, setting for a program, which means students whose disabilities really prevent them from being in the traditional learning environment need some more specialized instruction. So that's a really great experience for your director of special service to have. And she returned to Northfield six years ago. And uh, Sarah is someone who is known as a great listener, who is you know, honest and supportive, uh, a great leader. And we're excited to have her take that role starting July 1st. That's uh, an impressive resume. She's got an impressive resume, and, yeah. and uh, she's able to use those skills and in a way that are very helpful to our special education staff, uh, to families, and then, of course, to our entire school district, because 
student, stu- we have students who receive special education services, and she makes sure that the general education and the special uh, education points are uh, braided together in a way that supports the students' needs. Superintendent Hillman is with us from the Northfield School District. Let's move on and uh, start talking money and finances because there's going to be a lot of that talk as the last couple of months of the fiscal year ends. You're going to have to pass a new budget, and uh, it all. Uh, it's all interweaved together, or much of it's interweaved together anyway. Start off with uh, debt service. What is that looking like? So the debt service fund, we, we have several different budgets that we start presenting. As you recall, just a little bit ago, we had our uh, operating capital, our capital budget that we uh, pa- uh, presented and approved. Uh, we now move on to some other budgets other than the general fund, right? The general fund is the big one. That's the one that we're talking about some prioritization within. It's the most flexible Debt service presentation last night is very specific. So it is about managing the debt uh, that has been approved by the voters. And so and, and what happens is we are required to levy 105% of what we owe uh, on our bonds each year. So Val Murdestorf, our director of finance, presented where are we at with that? What are the payments that need to be uh, made next year? It's a very straightforward budget, but it, it was presented last night. That budget will be um, asked to be approved with all the other budgets in, in late May. And what about the uh, 2023 uh, 23-24 school year? Are you have, Were you working on the general fund budget last night? Or? Uh, we have been working on the general fund budget <laughs> for some time, as you know. And so we do need to do additional prioritiz- prioritized reductions within the school district. We're not the only district going through this. Districts from Wyzetta uh, to Dover-Yoda and every size in between are going through this this year. Many districts have it for the same reasons that we do. Um, in our case, we're really looking at this, uh, these, these reductions based on two financial pressures. And I know people who are regular listeners have heard me say this a dozen times or more, but people who are new to the conversation need to hear it every time. So our reductions are really based upon the fact that we have declining enrollment. The state funds schools based upon the number of students who you have attending. And so our declining enrollment has been projected for some time. We filled it in with some open enrollment, people coming from other districts, but our residential enrollment has been declining for some time. And there's really two reasons for our declining enrollment. Number one is just a lower birth rate. We know there's a lower birth rate across Minnesota. There's been a lower birth rate uh, across uh, Rice County for the past several years. The other is uh, housing. And we, we all know that we have a housing crunch in our community. There are several things that are potentially opening up here, which would be very helpful, but those are the two pressures that we have uh, for declining enrollment. The second is chronic state underfunding. So when you get 70% of your revenue from the state and you have not kept up with inflation on the basic formula for the last 30 years, uh, you have an issue. And our community has been generous and stepped in to fill in the gap that the state has left for us over that time. But we have reached that uh, point, that tipping point where we can no longer continue to do that just as a local community. So people who want to advocate at St. Paul, you can, I'm certainly happen to talk to anybody at any time. We need an increase to the basic formula. We need to reduce the special education cross-subsidy. That's $5 million a year for Northfield right now. And the special education cross-subsidy is the general fund money that we spend on uh, services, required legally, legally required services, and I would argue morally imperative st- services to students with disabilities for which the state or the federal government does not reimburse us for, yet which they have promised to give us much more than they're giving right now. So this is really, our issues are really created from an upstream problem that really emanates from uh, chronic underfunding at the state capitol, and then, of course, the way that districts are funded. Last night, um, we proposed, we shared the initial list of proposed reductions uh, at the last meeting. 
At last night's meeting, we provided some additional detail and a couple of alternate recommendations. I want to go through those briefly first. Uh, we have heard a lot from people about the possibility of, a, of eliminating the current offerings of middle school activities, athletics and non-athletic activities, and considering replacing it with a more community education-based in-house kind of program. So we did some additional analysis, and we brought forward to the board last night uh, an alternative where middle school fees, the fees for middle school activities, have been very reasonable. You know, you're talking in many cases less than $100, and we know that's just not the case with most other kinds of activities. So we brought forth an alternate recommendation that the board could choose. Uh, It's a sliding scale of things that they could choose about raising the fees for middle school activities substantially and also really potentially even looking at all athletic and non-athletic activity fees grades 6 through 12, balancing them out a little bit more and really looking at that as more of a 6-12 program from a financial perspective. So uh, the board uh, appeared to be receptive to that discussion. And so for people in the community who have had concerns about that, those concerns have been heard. An alternate recommendation uh, has come forward. If we do increase fees, I need our listeners to be able to be willing in to help pitch in to help fund scholarships for students who can't afford uh, to participate. We, we will not turn any student away, and we'll just need some help making sure that we can cover scholarships for those students uh, who aren't able to afford it. We also looked at increasing the admission fee uh, at high school events from one, by, actually by $2, and one of those $2 would help fund the activity bus. That activity bus goes around between the schools after school to help get kids to the places that they need to practice. So those were two alternates that we proposed last night. The, you you'd mentioned the middle school and the uh, prices for the activities there. Is that significantly lower than the high school as far as the ratio goes? Or the high school, or is the family, the parents uh, expected to pick up a little bit more of that tab? At the high school, the fees are definitely more. They have been uh, increased over time where the middle school increases have been far less. Uh, And so the the fact is, yes, the high school fees are substantially more than the middle school fees. Mm Mm-hmm. Most of the time. And we're talking about the uh, 23-24 budget cycle uh, and, and beyond. Is this? You, you've talked quite a bit about uh, the, the long-term plan because we are facing a, a 10% decrease in students over the next decade or so. Is this more immediate stuff we're talking about right now for this next school year? Yeah, this is, these, so remember, when you look at both short-term and long-term in budget planning, anything that you do in the short-term has an impact in the long-term. So... What our goal is, is to be able to put together a package that helps us stabilize our budget to get to the reality that we have of fewer students. And so that's the short term. And by addressing these items in the short term, as our enrollment does stabilize, we can't tell you when that's going to happen yet. But as it does, we should be able to even out and have a new normal and what are the kinds of things that we're able to fund uh, at the level of students who we have. One question that people have asked, Jeff, is we've talked a lot about advocating at the legislature. And I want to be really clear that that legislation advocacy is about the long term. So the legislature, whenever they approve whatever it is that they're going to approve, and it typically won't be until May, right? So when we don't have actual concrete numbers about what the state is going to provide, that makes us budget in a way that we cannot count on those dollars. So when the state, we've asked for swift action, we have not seen it. All signs point to a traditional omnibus bill where we bring a bunch of bills together and vote on them together at the end of the session. That really is problematic for schools in terms of their budgeting. And we look at the things that the state would do this year as back pay. When you've been shorting us for 30 years, this is back pay. 
And so we can't in good faith recommend any restorations of potentially reduced programs for the 23-24 school year because we need to stabilize the budget this year and then our goal is to be able to limit any of those additional reductions as we move forward. Can't make that promise to you today, but these are the steps that good financial management takes to be able to stabilize the budget in the reality of fewer students. Um, We did talk about two other pieces I just want to share from Mm -hmm. last night. We are uh, proposing to go from a seven-period day to a six-period day at the middle school. That would allow us to maintain our ex- most of our existing programming. They'd combine a couple of core classes in sixth grade. So currently, the, the thought is that we teach a reading class and a writing class in sixth grade. The thought is being able to combine those. That saves some FTE, and so that reduces the budget in that way. Uh, but the other elective course areas are maintained. But 7th and 8th grade students would have a little bit less, uh, one less period to take an elective. Conversely, 6th graders would actually have a little bit more opportunity to take an elective. So you aren't diminishing the the existing departments, uh, but what you are doing is students would have to choose, in fact, in 7th and 8th grade, typically they could choose up to four electives because they go every other day, uh, and now they'd have to be limited to two. But the balance is how are we able to preserve as much of the programming as we can while students would have a little bit less opportunity, they would have less opportunity to take it uh, during the school day. So they'd go from basically four to two electives, but we're able to maintain the elective programs. The other thing that we talked about is transportation. So in last year's budget, we approved looking at reducing our transportation budget by around uh, 10%. And so uh, last night, Val Mertestorf, our director of finance, who's been working with Benjamin Buss for months. Benjamin Buss is a great partner. They have come to the table looking at how we can make our uh, bus routing more efficient. And frankly, without dramatically increasing the ride times for people, it's very difficult. Benjamin Buss's routing is incredibly efficient. There are a few more items that we think that we can do for efficiency, but that is nibbling around the corners. And so one of the things that we are considering uh, yet this spring would be the potential of having a fee-based transportation system for students who are outside of our current parental responsibility, which you used to call the walk boundary. So that's 0.75 miles for elementary students and one mile for middle school and high school students. So anybody who would fall in this concept, uh, anyone who would fall between those parental responsibilities and the statutory two miles would still have transportation, but they would have to pay a fee for it. And uh, we model the number of different potential fees. I want to be clear, this is the beginning of that discussion. Uh, this is after months of working with Benjamin Buss, and we just want people uh, to, to weigh in, and we'll gather some additional feedback. And uh, so just that's that's on the docket here, too. Okay, we got about 30 seconds to talk about the handbook. Were there changes well, made? Well, let's, let's put a pin in the handbook. There were no changes made to okay. the handbook. I'll bring that back because I just want to emphasize we have two public meetings coming up on the budget. Okay. March 16th, that's this Thursday. And then next Thursday, the 23rd, they're going to start at 6 p.m. They'll most likely go to around 8.30 p.m. Uh, at Northfield Middle School. We're going to meet in the auditorium. There's going to be a presentation. Then what's going to happen is people can go into small, smaller groups, classrooms with a couple of board members and a few administrators to share their perspective on the proposed reductions. We'll come back to the auditorium and then have a more public comment style approach where people can share their thoughts with the board. So we are hoping to see people. We, we want people to come out and share their perspective. These are difficult decisions that we need to make together as a community. And the board, your elected representatives need to hear your perspectives. And those are coming up Thursday, the, the 16th, 16th and, and the Thursday, 20th. the 23rd. All right. And I know Rich has already talked about mm-hmm. them on the air. Matt, thank you so much for coming in. It's my Always pleasure. Thanks. And we'll talk to you again next you week. Bet. Superintendent.